Kakos Industries is ad-free. To help keep it that way, consider heading to kakosindustries.com slash Patreon and pledging a dollar or more a month. What you are about to hear is big, large, huge, and Brobdingnagian. Hello and welcome to the Kakos Industries Corporate Shareholder Announcements. At Kakos Industries, we help our clients and everyone everywhere to do evil better. My name is Corin III. Shareholders, were you aware that it has now been nine years since I first took over as CEO after the death of my grandfather? While there is nothing specifically remarkable about that length of time, in the scope of long-lived entities such as Kakos Industries, it is still a nice milestone for me personally. In those nine years, I've been shot, eaten, and who knows what else that I've blocked out of my memory. And here I am, still in charge, still here bringing you these announcements. To begin a new year of work here at Kakos Industries, I feel like it's appropriate to reintroduce some of what we do here and what that means for you, shareholders. And I should emphasize that if you are hearing these words right now, then you are a shareholder in Kakos Industries. What does that mean exactly? Well, not to state the obvious, but it means that you own some piece of our company. It could be a fraction of a share, it could be hundreds or thousands. Does that mean you're entitled to profits? Not exactly. The shares that you own, dear shareholders, pay dividends exclusively in evil. And you cannot sell your shares, they can only be transferred in the event of your death. So you're stuck with us. And we're glad to have you. Last month, we introduced a segment to these announcements covering some basic questions about who we are here at Kakos Industries and a bit about how things work here. We've carefully screened the questions this time to keep me mostly out of trouble. I am the CEO. I also sit on the board of directors, which is mainly composed of genetically modified exectopuses. They're kind of like octopuses, but they've been engineered to be more evil and to intrinsically understand business. They also spend most of their time outside of board meetings in what we've been referring to as a giant sex pile. They are technically elected to the board by you, the shareholders. If you don't remember ever voting, then that's okay. Don't worry about it. It's not healthy for you to worry. Many of the other C-level members of Kakos Industries prefer that I don't talk about them at all during these announcements. For that reason, I can only confirm a few details about each. We do have a Chief Information Officer. I've never actually met our Chief Technology Officer. Our Chief Compliance Officer is a Golden Retriever named Mr. Sniffs. He has never explicitly told me not to talk about him. His job is making sure we live up to our values and that we are treating each other the way that we need to. I don't know how Mr. Sniffs knows when there's trouble, but he's often there mediating conflict and making sure that departments are getting along. We also have a Chief of Human Resources. 
That one might be an algorithm. I'm honestly not sure. Stranger things have happened, I suppose. There are some rumors that our chief operations officer is some kind of slime mold. I can neither confirm nor deny this information, though I will say that our COO is incredibly good at finding the shortest route between A and B. Then we have a whole host of managers and sub-managers and micromanagers and a lot of people who can't even manage themselves, if we're being completely honest. The Kakos Industries building is, as you know if you've been following along, a complicated edifice torn apart and put back together hundreds of times by mad science. Sometimes, to get where you want to go, you have to go the opposite direction. Sometimes, to get where you want to go, you have to stop wanting to go there and it will come to you. Sometimes, to get where you want to go, you push the correct button on the elevator and it takes you right there with no issues. Other times, you end up where you need to be, no matter what you do. If you've been paying attention recently, then you may know that we have been dealing with an issue here in our building. We have this black ooze that we've taken to calling the mat moss that surrounds the building, and it fills many of the caverns below. It's kind of everywhere, and we haven't thought too much about it until recently. It just made sense that it was there. We are evil? Why shouldn't we be swimming in bizarre black ooze? We've fed it to our evil children, we've given it to certain employees to expand their minds, and only recently has it been causing a problem. The ooze seems to be able to think and plan and conspire when present in large quantities. We've learned that there are factions within the ooze, pools that have separated themselves off to maintain individuality. These factions seem to control people by infecting them with the Matmos and then changing their ways of thinking. They have also inspired these people to wear cloaks and to give me bizarre and disgusting gifts that I would rather not have. But we'll talk about that a bit more later. Before I get any further, we should talk about today's radio. We like to send our shareholders a new radio each month for their announcements, which helps to prevent accidental interception of these important and confidential notices. I am told that our new radios may allow you to see things, even if that doesn't actually make any sense. If you are seeing anything because of these announcements, that may be on us. And if it is, it might be best to just roll with it. Today's broadcast is coming to you from an electric kettle that you plugged in a few minutes ago. After reaching temperature, I am told that it began to whistle these announcements. The specifications I was given indicate that the kettle has a variable aperture that allows it to whistle at many different frequencies, but that does not explain how it can whistle in stereo, nor how it can whistle lower frequencies that should require a huge opening to reach. The answer I was given when I asked about these details was that it uses really complicated physics and that I shouldn't worry my pretty little head about it. I can tell when someone is complimenting me with the hope that I will forget I asked a question, but I felt it was more judicious to let it go. This radio comes to us from a collaboration between Nita's Kitchenwares, one of our clients, and our division of Steam, 
I am told that the vapor coming from the kettle is not exactly water, but there is little to worry about. That is, of course, unless you're not actually evil. These announcements are strictly for Kakos Industries shareholders, and you must be evil to hear them. If that is not the case, then I would recommend doing something evil quickly to become evil yourself, or the steam might be more of a problem for you than for others. If you are new to Kakos Industries, then you should know that we like to party. We have festivals and celebrations all of the time, and many of them are on the wild side. How wild, you might be wondering? Well, we just wrapped up the celebration of the moon where we did some actual witchcraft. And by actual witchcraft, I mean the sort of thing people think of as being witchcraft, even though it doesn't really do anything. At least not anything metaphysical. It still makes us feel nice. We like to do things that remind us just how evil we really are and solidify what we're willing to do in the name of evil. There was an animal sacrifice. The uh, type of animal is still up for debate, even though we could see it with our bare eyes. It had too many horns, maybe one too many legs. We also had a bonfire and did a lot of screaming in the woods. There were altars and candles and chants that the Division of Dionysia gave us to read aloud. They were likely gibberish, but boy did they feel like some unholy syllables. Afterward, we sat down and had a discussion about how all of this made us feel and what we liked and what we didn't, and we talked about the ways that we might have felt uncomfortable, but we were able to move past that and really just experience things as they were happening. Quite a few of you really enjoyed yourselves, like, more than at nearly any other festival. It was metal as fuck. And of course, I'm burying the lead. In addition to the celebration of the moon, we also had the shareholders' ball. This is the best celebration all year. It is the one that people wait for. And if you are a Kakos Industries shareholder, then you were in attendance, whether you had intended to be or not. This celebration is for all of us. It is a time where we at Kakos Industries celebrate you, our shareholders, and really show you how much you mean to us. We pull out all of the stops in terms of food, entertainment, and of course, the mind-altering substances. To begin with, we started with the feast. As always, we made sure to have options available for meat eaters, and also for those of us who prefer only to feast on the suffering of plants, fungi, and algae. We brought in chefs who specialize in the cutting edge of food science and molecular gastronomy. We had deep-fried dumplings featuring just about every animal known to live on Earth. They took one of each, and sometimes not even a whole one of each, and blended them to the right mixture to give us the sense that what we were eating was the very essence of what it means to be an animal. There may have been a little bit of human, but I'm told that this was actually a culinary accident, and at any rate, it wasn't enough to make you a cannibal. You consume more of your own cells daily. We served a salad made from rare and difficult-to-grow greens grown exclusively in places deemed to be haunted, cursed, or just off in some way, without regard to the local inhabitants. There were dumplings made from these blended vegetables that gave us all the distinct feeling that we were tasting the earth itself and consuming its nutrients more selfishly than usual. When sampled together, these two dishes gave us the feeling that we knew some things we could never forget, and perhaps we might long for the time before we had known them. Still, 
We were transformed, and we could only see the world the way that we were from that time on. For entertainment, after our meal, we were immersed into an interactive light show using the latest and greatest in technologies ranging from robotics to drones to light emission itself. The basement ballroom came alive with seemingly glowing creatures that changed constantly while observed. I am told that they were procedurally generated using the input of all of us watching. It was a bit like having one astonishing, never-before-seen spectacle melt and transform into another astonishing, never-before-seen spectacle, and that was without any mind-altering substances. At least we didn't give you any. You could have brought some with you, sure. I don't know why you would bother pre-gaming for the shareholders' ball. Are, are you afraid that we're not going to get you sufficiently fucked up? Do you even know us? <laughs> About midway through the light show, we decided to kick it up a notch, and we brought out the party favors. They were bowls of neon blue, pink, and green pills. The class of psychoactive drug they belong to is known as the experience intensifiers. They are not uppers or downers, but whatever you are experiencing, it will become two to ten times more intense. The vividness of the lights, the intricacies of the transformations, even the feeling of satisfaction from your meal, all of it was turned up as high as you could handle. If you couldn't handle it, we did have other pills for that, of course. We want you to have a nice time. We don't want you to feel like you have to show everyone how cool you are by doing a fistful of fluorescent pills and then suffering with the consequences. The point is to have fun, not to worry about how your teeth feel for six hours. If you are new to Kakos Industries, this next part might have you feeling a bit squeamish, but it is tradition and we have to do it. Slowly, the sprinklers in the ceiling of the basement ballroom started to spray all of us with blood. You might wonder what kind of blood, and how we got so much of it. The answer is that the blood came from de-extincted and re-extincted giant sloths. This selection wasn't exactly on purpose, but there was another issue that left us with a lot of interesting blood, and we decided to roll with it. This part of the celebration is referred to as the blood orgy, but that's mostly because it involves being covered in blood and engaging in sexual activities that you enjoy. Doing actual violence during this time is frowned upon. When you've got unique and extremely rare blood like the blood from giant sloths, adding human blood is actually diluting the product and, in general, a waste. We like to encourage our shareholders to dabble up to, and maybe only a little bit beyond their comfort level. The point isn't to go home having an argument with yourself, or a significant other. The point is to have as much fun as you want, and there's plenty of fun to be had with interesting and exciting people. Masks are permitted to conceal your identity if that's what you're after. I have to wear a mask because otherwise I won't get a moment of peace. I'm not bragging about my physical form, it's just that evil CEO is on more sexual bucket lists than you might guess. All in all, the shareholder's ball was everything it needed to be and more, and I don't think a single person went home disappointed. The celebration of affirmation is coming up again. We are looking forward to seeing you there, at your evilest, and accepting you completely. Last year, we took a look in the Book of Anytime Festivals, those festivals that we can whip out anytime we think we need one, and we had the Festival of Errors. 
While this festival was great, it isn't one that we feel like we have to have again. So instead, we took another look in the book and decided that the Festival of Cold might be more fun. It's cold here at Kakos Industries right now, at least on most of our lawns, so it should be relatively accessible. That being said, it seems like the Division of Dionysia is looking into ways to make things even colder and to give us the experience of the coldest colds we can withstand. I'm sure they're going to find a way to add a sexual component, but nothing comes immediately to my mind, at least. The Big Black Hole celebration is also coming up. Many years ago, our branch in New York was destroyed due to a science accident, and ever since then we take this time to marvel at the perfectly cylindrical hole in the ground where the location used to be. If you've never stared at a big hole in the ground, there's just something charming about how deep it goes and how dark it is down there. We hold hands around it and we hum and just try to absorb some of the energy from its darkness. We do occasionally send people down into the hole to see what's there. Sometimes they end up somewhere in Latin America. Sometimes they end up nowhere at all. Sometimes the hole turns into an Audi instead of an Innie, and we have no idea where our explorers went. It is always a great time. I have updates from the Division of Erotic Experiences, one of probably several divisions dealing with sexual pleasures. If you're wondering why we talk about sex when maybe to you it isn't intrinsically evil, then I will remind you that the good had it once, and they didn't want it. And now it's ours, and they can't have it back. So there. So we have several divisions working on erotic things, but the Division of Erotic Experiences is a bit of a pet project of mine. I like to keep track of them and the division heads Dr. Dunkel Vissen and Jasmine Ashna. They spent a lot of time trying to figure out what was most sex, and it kind of ended up in a situation where we all had to decide to let it go because the obsession was endless and it wasn't healthy to continue. Now they are working on what they are calling the Satisficer, which is intended to be a sex toy that can satisfy every need. It can reach all the spots and it can touch things in just the right way. It can apply pressure while being delicate. It can make only the noise you want to hear. It seems like a lofty goal to achieve and current prototypes have been a bit on the unwieldy side. It may be better to have multiple tools that do one thing, rather than this single tool that tries to do everything. That being said, the newest prototype slips over your legs like pants and secures around the waist. Once attached, programs can be selected, and it'll get to work. Now, the current device only has a few programs included. I was able to attend a demonstration where a volunteer was connected to the device, they certainly got something out of it, but I can't say exactly if it was what they had hoped for in the beginning. The words they used to describe the device were relentlessly satisfying and officious. While they rated the experience overall as a pleasant one, they were hesitant to say that they would use the device again or recommend it to a friend. The team gave me some more details on the current reception of the project, and it does seem that some people really enjoy using the device, but in the words of Jasmine Ashna, they tend to be super subby. This is a bit far off from their hopes of making a device that pleases everyone completely, but I told them to keep their notes and diagrams in case we need something like this in the future. 
I have said before that if they make a device capable of pleasing most people, or even just a lot of people, we can still make money off of that and spread evil throughout the world. And that's what it's all about, right? I began to speak a bit earlier about the map moss, the inky black substance that lives all around Kakos Industries. The saga began over a year ago when I came face to face with what we call the heart of Kakos Industries. In the process of meeting the heart, I became infected with the map moss and began having some intense dreams about it and the people associated with it. I was eventually released from its influence when I met some people who live with the Mat Moss and seem to care for it and worship it deep within the caverns below Kakos. I have been given two liaisons to the Mat Moss, but they don't seem to want to do anything, let alone their jobs. During Halloween, we had a ton of the stuff just soak through the entire building. It was frustrating for me as there was nothing we could do. And perhaps more frustratingly, people in cloaks who seem to be agents of the Mat Moss and its various pools have been showing up and giving me gifts and doing dances for me and killing small animals. At best, it has been annoying. At worst, it has been a box filled with dead mice. It's gross and I don't like it. We have developed some new techniques to try to reduce the Mat Moss's influence in certain individuals. We cannot completely remove it, but we can cause the levels in a person's body to go down substantially. This involves a number of herbs and spices, mainly ginger. We are looking at some chemical derivatives that we may be able to use to amplify this effect. It has given us some confidence, at least, that we can reduce the potential danger. Last time, we discussed the devices we are developing that should hopefully allow us to communicate with the Mat Moss without ingesting it and becoming infected by it. The people who are infected with the Mat Moss share something like a hive mind, or at least a collective network of thought. Those communication devices use a solid, crystallized version of the Mat Moss, and while it is difficult to say whether the people running the tests are communicating with the Mat Moss, Clarissa and Hedera, the liaisons I mentioned before, did appear at a testing site to slap the shit out of one of the test subjects. So it's possible communication occurred, and that offense was taken. Then there is the question of the people in the cloaks. We have discussed the magenta cloaks, which are the people who belong to the princess. They are the ones that bring me dead things. I don't like it. The people in the very dark purple cloaks belong to Buddy, whose influence seems like a strong drug. We've had to find creative ways to make sure these people eat. Then there are the hoods with the cat ears. They belong to Paws, who is not a pool of Mat Moss, but rather one of the Lords. The Lords all seem to be monsters mutated and otherwise altered by the Mat Moss to suit its needs. The followers of Paws just act like cats, and I find it annoying. Everyone else seems to think it's cute, and I guess that's fine. My guess is that Paws isn't all that sapient and that reflects in its followers, but we have no way of knowing just yet. And now, there are people in green cloaks. This does make me wonder where the hell these people are getting these fabrics and dyes, but maybe that's better left unexplained. I checked with Clarissa and Hedera, they don't seem to know who the people in the green cloaks are. I asked Kimmy, who is, uh, uh, well, we're close, anyway, 
to see if she could figure anything out. She was getting Clarissa and Hedera drunk to try to get information out of them, but they only like shit booze, and Kimmy was worried about them drinking so much, so that stopped. Last I saw them, they were smoking dark mega grass, which is sort of like cannabis, but experienced users insist that it is different in important ways. Those ways are apparently difficult to describe. Kimmy explained to me that she hasn't been getting any useful information, but she has been having a lot of fun with Clarissa and Hedera, and I guess that counts for something. We did the same thing we've been doing with the cloaked figures. We abducted a number of these green cloak wearers, and we pulled back their hoods, and we ran biometric scans and took blood and fingerprints. They have only been able to identify one person, a Fiona Graham. Her husband has apparently been looking for her for some time. She has been moved to the front of our dematmossing line, but it is an uphill battle, especially when she's been under the influence for years. The science continues, of course. Did you enjoy Dragon Week, shareholders? A few weeks ago, the Division of Kaiju Battle Reenactment introduced what they were calling Dragon Week which was a week filled with dragon fights that they enacted with costumes and props. Dragons don't actually exist, at least not as we typically think of them, so this is less reenactment and more just enactment. We were told that the battles could happen at random, so I was prepared at all times. Then finally, I was walking down a hallway in between meetings, and around the corner came two people in enormous dragon costumes. I could barely contain my excitement. I froze where I was as the two dragons started to brawl. It was incredible. They held nothing back, throwing each other against walls and swinging chairs at one another. There were only a handful of us in that particular hallway, and I was maybe the only one who was really all that interested in the fight. But it was the perfect, unexpected break from my day. The bluish dragon eventually triumphed over the orange dragon, then the bluish dragon dragged the orange dragon away, and work resumed as though nothing had happened. It was incredible. I cannot wait to see what they come up with next. The division of figuring out what all of these keys go to has finally unlocked the aquarium in Lobby 63-A. The fish have been dead for a very long time, and we were all wondering how best to handle the situation. Unfortunately, the key opened one of the side panels, so all of the rotting fish water was dumped onto the floor. And the division of figuring out what all of these keys go to doesn't really clean up their messes. They unlock the lock, and then they leave. The janitorial department was not pleased. It is now time for another employee spotlight. We'd like to take this time to spotlight some of our employees who are really going above and beyond in the name of evil. Today, we would like to acknowledge Simon Gersh, who is apparently the only employee brave enough to clean the Sea Horror's enclosure. The Sea Horror is a monster that we made somehow, and upon making it, we were instantly repulsed and frightened to the extent that we essentially threw it into a tank and tried to forget all about it. Sometimes, that tank needs cleaning, and Simon Gersh is the person who gets in there to do it. We make sure the sea horror is well-fed before he goes in there, and he says that he has only seen it twice while in the tank. One time, it waved. 
Simon Gersh is made of stronger stuff than most of us, that is for sure. They say that evil once did that one sex thing with enough people that it became simply expected that everyone would do it after that, and thus it entered the sexual canon. This is things we're taking credit for now. Today we're taking credit for wheat, corn, and the agrarian lifestyle that really led to every problem we're having today. Of course, we can't know with 100% certainty that we did these things, and they do seem to be awfully far back in the past. But we are confident that we at least had something to do with them, and you had better believe us. Otherwise, that steam coming from your kettle might start to smell a little different, and there's very little help for you if that happens. Anastasia has won today's Ruin a Life drawing. As a result, the life of Anastasia's nemesis will be ruined. That nemesis is Dan Bartlett. We gave the Wheel of Misery a sturdy, firm spin and it eventually landed on the space for moths. We had to discuss how this would play out, but we decided that Dan Bartlett will be far more likely to be surrounded by moths, followed by moths, and touched by moths. Dan Bartlett's clothing will not be safe. It will just be a life-ruining level of moths. For evil measure, Anastasia will be 30% less likely to encounter moths, which kind of sucks because moths are cool. Congratulations on the win, and best of luck. The Damnation and Ruination Squad, the team responsible for making the life-ruining declarations of the Wheel of Misery come true, are currently wearing only mom jeans. These wardrobe changes are also handed down by the Wheel of Misery using a much less intuitive process, but the Damnation and Ruination Squad are pretty much required at that point to wear what it tells them to. They could wear other things, but they tend to go with just the minimum. So right now they're wearing high-waisted, kinda pale blue jeans that look like they came from a budget department store. Nothing up top, just the jeans. Not even wearing shoes. This is... Well, it's actually the most put-together they've looked in a long time, half-naked as they are. This brings us to the end of these announcements, shareholders. I want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening. In my nine years as the CEO of this corporation, one thing has been clear. We can do what we do because of you. And it is with your support that we continue on. Thank you for spending these nine years with me. And may we have a hundred more together. Okay, um... I am told that the green-cloaked people have just turned their cloaks inside out and they are now wearing navy blue cloaks. It's not really much of a change, is it? Well, I would certainly like the number of people in hooded cloaks to decrease, and that's not something I ever thought I would say as the head of an evil company. The numbers are next, shareholders. 2, 22, 33, 4, 55, 6, 66, 7, 99, 8, 4, 4. Kakos Industries is written and produced by Conrad Mushuk, who is also the voice of Corin Deeth and the composer of the music. 
The introductions are read by Ryan Jenkins, and the credits are read by Brianna Kittle, a box of chocolate raisins, and rage. Please visit CocosIndustries.com for news, extras, and more episodes. There are also transcriptions on the website if you'd like to read along with the Cocos Industries announcements. That's K-A-K-O-S-I-N-D-U-S-T-R-I-E-S dot com. Please visit store.cocosindustries.com for merchandise and special offers and get wonderful benefits by becoming a subscription donor at cocosindustries.com slash Patreon. You can submit one-time donations at paypal.me slash cocosindustries. You can also purchase gear and other items for the production at cocosindustries.com slash wishlist. Join our community at cocosindustries.com slash discord. Questions, comments, or a strong desire to collaborate? Drop us a line at inquiries at cocosindustries.com. If you like Cocos Industries, be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting service and connect with us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Industries, Facebook, facebook.com slash Industries, Tumblr, cocosindustries.tumblr.com, Instagram, at Industries, TikTok, at Cocos Industries, and Twitter, at Cocos Industries. We encourage fan art and listener participation on all our social media platforms. Special thanks to our esteemed shareholders, Alfredo Ravioli, Jack Attack, and Diantre. Also thanks to honored employees Calico, who stirred the pot, Rocket, who added the salt, Christina Kirkland, who tested the pasta, and Anastasia Kay, who added the jar of store-bought sauce. The division of beanies, booties, and construction projects that are probably too large for yarn, directed by Theo Cornett, has knit a bunch of snacks for the sports arena. They are all inedible. The division of obscure vintage technology, directed by Craig Sizz, has purchased an old tape machine with VU meters that bob hypnotically. The Division of Subtle Efficiency Increases, directed by Daniel R. Smith, has increased the amount of caffeine in the coffee. The Division of Saying It the Long Way, directed by Dino Schroeder, has been workshopping not ever, not even once, never, and no. The Division of Kakos Cafeteria Reviews, directed by Seth and Josh, has reviewed We Have No Idea How to Make Mexican Food. It's probably not Mexican food, but it is interesting. 9 out of 14. The Division of Improbable Cookbooks, directed by Hayden Neff, has been working on knitting dinner. The first step is making edible yarn. The Division of More Monday Mondays, directed by Odie, has made Mondays that much more Monday by introducing a new version of a form that is somehow worse than the last version. The Division of Villainous Introspection, directed by Sarah, has been taking long walks and wondering why evil is just so easy. The division of new card game mechanics, led by Finn, has developed a card that does six skateboard tricks for extra points. The division of even weirder bugs, directed by Franco El Terrible, has discovered a bug that collects the corpses of its enemies as trophies and carries them everywhere. The division of animal stacking, directed by the one true Dave, has stacked one bear. We are currently arguing about the definition of a stack. The division of things with switches that shouldn't have switches, directed by Miss Dr. Indigo Esquire the 13th, has installed an on switch for a cardboard box. We are not sure what happens when it is off. 
The division of Unwanted Board Game Expansions, directed by Kevin Rowland, has created an expansion set that requires players to drink spiced liqueurs in large quantities before playing the next round. The division of Post-Apocalyptic Delivery, directed by Cave Hill, King Kill of the Murder Valley and the Mountains, accepted the return, even though there was no one there to hand it over, and no one would be there to receive it. The division of Prospective Exoplanet Tourism, directed by Victoria Wood, has started working on a pamphlet for Garbulon Nexus. This planet may have been named by hack science fiction writers, but it is still a place you can go. Someday. Our esteemed shareholders, honored employees, division heads, and other Patreon patrons are the best. If you want a thank you in the credits, your own division, or other great rewards that help to keep this show running, please head to kakosindustries.com slash Patreon. That's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Kakos Industries can be dark. Don't trip when navigating the halls.